it's over. <laughs> right now, I am eternally grateful that it's over. I imagine in a week or two, I will be bummed that it's over. Yeah. So this is day four of Spiel 2019. It is currently about 20 after 12. We have a taxi coming to pick us up in just under three hours to be able to go make our 6 a.m. flight, which at the time I made the booking made sense. <laughs> it does not at this moment. Nope, not so much. So yeah, as you can hear, my my voice is wrecked at this point just from talking so much, but to be expected at Spiel, I think. Yes. Uh, so the day started out uh, on time. We got to the hall. First stop was we had a meeting set up with David Turtsy, uh, yes. designer of a number of games. He's uh, also done a number of solo variants for various games as yep, well. very true. And we saw him at the Mind Clash booth. So he showed us Perseverance, Castaway Chronicles, yes. which this game sounds... Well, ambitious, I think, is a good way to put it, right? Right. Four episodes, completely different games, but kind of an evolution series. Right. Not like legacy-type no. evolution to where things carry forward from one game to the next, but uh, the core mechanisms stay the same, but then they change and morph. Uh, they over, add, yeah. yeah. They change, and the game gets progressively heavier, plus you know, dinos. So it has to do with... Someone you. might have an affinity for those. Do you know who that I is? I don't recall. So uh, <laughs> it's something or other. <clears throat> you colonize a planet and then get attacked by the dinosaurs in the first one. And then I think... It's not the, a planet. You're on a luxury cruise liner that got stranded. Oh, that's what it, that's what yes. it was. So, and I, I can completely imagine this. Like... I've been on a cruise before, and I was very afraid it was going to get stuck somewhere. So, like, say you're traveling around Bermuda or something, get stuck, and now, instead of giving up, you persevere and create this colony and try to survive, but then dinosaurs show up, because, as you do. And you get, a, you get attacked by them, you got to survive, and yes. then... But uh, then in the next episode? Either the next episode or the third it's one. It's the third. This is when it gets to the third. Because the dinosaurs show up, I think, in the second. First, survive. Second, dinosaurs. Third, you get to ride them. Sounds it, great. Right. So the mechanisms itself sounded pretty interesting. Yes. And the theme... It's Not mind clash. For you, no, but... it's mind clash. Like it's it's kind of outside the box type thinking. Very so much so. I'm on board with it. Yeah. Uh, he also showed us another game that uh, was his game that was inspired by brass. Okay. It's not brass. It has very little to do with brass, but kind of the feel and the flow of the game right. is brass esque, even mm -hmm. if. Uh, they are very, very, very different games. Yeah, definitely inspired by because he enjoys brass and yeah. Right. We ran into uh, Stella uh, and some other folks there at Calvin the Calvin was there too. I got my mango candy. Right, which are delicious, by mm -hmm. the way. We ran into Randall from Eagle Griffin while we were yes. there. And we picked up the collector's edition of Trickerian. <clears throat> I apologize, guys, because like I said, my throat is wrecked at this point. But... Have Trickerian, love Trickerian, but with the extra uh, 
expansions and everything they just gave us the collector's edition which you're definitely going to be seeing on the yeah, show it's one that. it's one that i want to review on the mm. podcast as well but after that we then had about half an hour to go uh so basically let me back up before we started starting with last night i went through the entire list mm. of games that we wanted to see and pick up or, or at least investigate and we had something, I don't know, 40 or 50 left. 42. Answer to life, the universe, and everything. Yes. And that was our goal, was to either double back through or find a way to get through and at least see them all, if not pick them all I up. I had my doubts. And uh, so we had to make time between meetings. And so we picked up uh, a handful of games uh, on the way to uh, our next meeting, which was with Haba and mm -hmm. T over there now when you think haba you don't think heavy cardboard i understand that however they do have a line of games that they're good for kids but also uh there's enough there for gamers and let's face it a lot of the folks that listen and watch this show have kids yeah and so i think that there's room to be able to talk about and possibly show off as large of as Haba is and the fact that they're trying to enter kind of the media marketplace with some games by michael keesling and um some other designers it's an interesting conversation to have and at least keep an eye on plus some of those games that we haven't seen in north america um but that are in the other areas that Haba obviously is worldwide and teach some interesting things. We were talking about one that actually teaches kids or newer gamers to the hobby hate drafting. Right. I uh, I got a uh, I got a pretty big kick when T was explaining uh, that how how because you know usually kids are kind of face down gamers. They're focused even on new what gamers. You're looking at what right, you're, you're doing, doing, right? And it takes a little while um, as you enter the hobby to kind of start looking at what other players are doing and how you can influence their game versus just paying attention, you know, turtling up and doing what you're doing. So um, it's interesting that in this game, it's actually teaching that, like how to go and block. Right. It, it, it's teaching you to pay attention to what your opponents yes. are doing and then hate draft the hell out of them. Yes. Which, awesome. That was, I, yes. That, that was good stuff. So uh, after that, we then went back and picked up more games and then saw some other games there were now it's funny this list is far from complete that we've been covering over the course of spiel and there are little games or very very uh esoteric games mm -hmm. that we have picked up and seen that weren't on the radar uh and then there are a number of games that were on the radar that mm -hmm. um were removed from said radar That's true. as well which this was pretty cool um and I'll, I'll i'll talk about this more when we get there at the end of the day but when we were boxing everything up tonight and we were going through games uh the folks from pax who were there uh, picking up games andy and rand and rand's known for his serious esotericness absolutely and everything and we picked up some games that they were like oh i hadn't even heard of that and i was like Mission accomplished. We there we well. go. Yeah. Um, so uh, somewhere in between all of that, we stopped by the GeoChicks booth mm -hmm. and picked up um, <laughs> the 
the De Vogaria Eloquencia Deluxe Edition. Question number one, who was asking for that? I don't know anybody that was mm. that sad. Number two, apparently there are some expansions. They cleaned up the rule book, the graphic design, et cetera, et cetera. So, all right, we'll check it out and see. Mm -hmm. It's not a game that I was chomping at the bit to play again after we live streamed it. But the main reason that we were there was to see the prototype of their upcoming game, Trinidad. Mm -hmm. It solid midweight um, area majority uh, game set in the founding of Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. which why is it called Trinidad? I don't know. Anyway, you get the idea. Uh, pretty cool mechanisms. Uh, like I said, area majority, as well as mitigating if you get too wealthy or you get too much luxury, then either uh, the pirates will come and visit you or if you take too many resources from the area, the, the natives rebel. Yes. So thematically, I mm -hmm. thought that was all pretty on point. And the game looked pretty good. I mean, it's obviously a prototype. It had some 3D printed buildings, et cetera, et cetera. But it all looked uh, reasonably good for a prototype. And from there, the game itself, as it was described, sounded interesting. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as it comes along. Yes. Then after that, um, it was just a bunch of walking around and, and hitting up the uh, the old hit list. Yes. We saw a game from uh, some French, a French company with French designers and French artist, uh, Ephemeris. Yes. Which is striking the artwork in that. Oh, unbelievable. And they had a lighter game as well that uh, even more so, the art was incredible. Um, but the one we picked up. Um, Ephemeris, Ephemeris right. was uh, yeah, the, just it, it just has a table presence. It yep. looks, it almost looks like looking in space at uh, the constellations. That's kind of the feel I got, yes. even though that's not what the theme is about. No, um, it just it looked good. So and yep. and the mechanism sounded interesting. So pick that up. Uh, let's see. We also stopped by the Jelly Dutch booth, the folks who made Chartered. Yes, and they showed us this two-player trick-taking game called. Herloff. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that um, was interesting because two-player trick-taking right, game. Really, normally trick-taking games are like four or mm -hmm. teams or something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this had a really cool mechanism of hidden um, uh, bidding. Bidding, mm -hmm. which I know this sounds stupid, but I'd never heard of that. No. And I don't know why because whenever you play hearts or spades or what, you know, whatever um, But that's trick -taking, open bidding. Yeah, it's always open bidding. Why Why has a game never done closed bidding? Like, yeah. Interesting. So really unique that they thought about that um, based from just a love of trick-taking games. So I'm excited to try that one out. Yeah, and we'll probably, seriously, if, if I'm not able to sleep on the flight home, which normally I can't, it's one that's making uh, it into the carry-on to, to try it on the plane. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So this next game. I completely dismissed that of hand. We were told about it by a number of folks. Mm -hmm. And you reminded me that uh, it got mentioned to us last year. And again, dismissed it out of hand. Yes. Uh, it's a chess variant. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I pretty much tune out. Now, yep. Not that I have any 
any ill will towards chess. I played a lot of chess growing up. Yep. I went to state in high school in yeah. chess. And knowing that, I tried to bring it by, to you by it last year, and you're kind of like, ah, again, right. another chess variant. But this game called Paco Saco is a chess variant that I'm on board with yep. 100%. So I have to say it was amazing to watch your face as it was being described to you and as he was starting to make some example moves. Because again, you're still really kind of like, really, is this going to be good? I'm not sure. And as he started showing you some combos that you could build up to and how it could loop around. Hold on, hold on. The word combos and chess were just used <laughs> in the same sentence. Yes. Like, wait, what? You yes. Know? Um, and yeah, it was amazing. I could see you calculating in your head. Oh no, there's more. I could do more. Oh, there's other things. Yeah. So, so the, the premise of this is it's a game of harmony as opposed to attacking mm -hmm. because in chess, whenever you, uh, attack another player's piece, you remove that piece mm -hmm. from the board, but these, you never remove a piece from the board. The chess pieces all move like you would expect them to. Rook in vertical and horizontal lines. Knights, you know, two by one or one by two, et cetera. Bishops diagonal, et cetera. However, whenever you would attack a piece, your piece and their piece are co-joined. Mm -hmm. And then at that point... They kind of look like yin-yang. They, they the, the way they fit They fit together, together yeah. yes. And from there... Either player can move that piece, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be pawn to pawn. It doesn't have to be bishop to bishop. No. It could be pawn to bishop or knight to queen or whatever. Right, but so if I'm moving it, I move my piece. If it's the knight, the way the knight would move, and if it's attached to your pawn, you move it as the pawn would move. So now think about the movements you have to plan. Right, and defend there. against. Yes. But then where that chaining comes involved is... You once pieces are joined, yeah. they can never be unjoined. So you, when again using an example of uh, my knight and your pawn, they move together. So if I move them as a knight, they end up wherever mm -hmm. I moved it for the knight. Uh, but they can never be unjoined. But they can make new joins, meaning they can go from joint to joint, or, or pairing to pairing, yes. provided that. You you can temporarily disengage from a pairing to then move over as you would to be able to make a new pairing as long as the original pairing is honored by another piece taking its place. Right. And so if you move a pair, it hits a new pair, then your piece in the new pair gets um, taken out. The other one goes in. It then moves to the next, right? And they just... And it could potentially then do that again and again and again. Right. And the game is a sudden death game in that there's no check like yeah. there is in, in chess. There's no, you know, warning of your opponent. Right. Okay, you need to do something about, you know, being Because in it check. would show, I mean, because you could potentially be setting up across the board this huge movement and saying check at that point would. Right. And so he showed us some examples of being able to chain four and five moves together in a single move, which yeah. all of a sudden, boom, captured your king, game over. Yeah. And I was completely, legitimately blown away yep. by this. And you're talking to somebody that just completely dismisses chess variants out of hand. And they've done an amazing job yeah. with this to the point that 
I legitimately want to show this game off. I want to stream this. I am mm -hmm. very excited mm -hmm. in doing so. That said, I need to brush up on my chess a little bit. Um, but the nice thing about this is you don't have to be a chess expert to play it well because in chess, there are no combinations. No. There are no chaining of mm -hmm. moves. So it completely changes the game. It does. While honoring the game that it is. So we need to get a chess board now. We do, because we don't have a chess set. Well, we do now, but you get the idea. We only have the pieces. So. Right. So yeah, um, Paco Sacco, really, really interesting game. And yeah, I... I actually, I actually apologized to the you did. to the designer because I said, yes. "Look, man, I completely dismissed everything about this out of hand, both when we were told about it as and well as when, and when you were describing it to me at first yeah. here because I was like, kind of eye roll, like, oh, another chess variant. Here we go. Yep, my bad, my bad. So uh, from there, uh, just went and picked up more games." If you guys will allow me a little bit of uh, latitude on this one, this was the nicest, coolest moment uh, from a like show perspective, not by from a personal perspective, but for the show. You had gone and talked to the folks, uh, and I, I apologize that I don't remember the name of the publisher, but they they had a game called uh, Vayan. Uh, it's spelled Vejen, V-E-J-E-N. And I followed up with it later on and met up with the uh, designer and, and head of the uh, publisher that published uh, this game, Vejan. And when I showed up there, uh, Wolfram Janish, who is the uh, head of Marflow Games, he is Marflow Games, which is a 18xx uh, designer, and developer, and publisher here in Europe. He was delivering a handful of 18xx games to the head of the uh, of the publishing company, which um, oh, it's Spiel Spielfalbel or something yeah. along the lines of that. And so that was kind of the icebreaker. I introduced myself and I gave him my card, and he's like, "No, no, I'm a big fan of the show." I was mm -hmm. like, "Oh, awesome, okay." That always makes things a whole lot easier. And I was like, oh, you're into, you You play 18xx. He goes, oh, absolutely, I love it. He says, uh, I enjoy watching whenever you guys stream them as well. I was like, cool. Um, and we're, before we even got to VN, um, I noticed that he had a pretty big supply of Airship City from Analog Lunchbox, right. which was their big release from last year. And I commented on it, and he said, well, actually, it's entirely because of you and your show. And I said, how so? He said, well, um, I saw you guys stream it last right. year. And it was a very, very small print run in that it was sold out essentially before Spiel even opened. Mm -hmm. And I watched it and I liked, I thought the game had a good table presence. It looked good. We were and having fun playing exactly. it. Exactly. And it just looked like a game that I thought would do well in the German market. Mm. So I reached out to him after having watched your playthrough and uh, became the, uh, was able to bring it into the mm -hmm. German market because of your playthrough. And I was just kind of taken aback by mm -hmm. that. I was like, holy cow, really? Um, so single-handedly, the show is the 
cause of the German market having Airship City right. in it. That was that felt really good. I'm I not going to lie. One that of those, really like, felt pretty cool. Drop in a pond type moments where you're like, okay, so now how many people have learned about and played Airship City because of that stream throughout Germany? Like that's that's a really interesting thing to consider. Yeah, and it was just it was it was really humbling, really flattering. Mm-hmm. It was it was all of the things. It felt good. And then he told me about Vn, and uh, he was like, please take a copy and. Uh, I would love your feedback. He's a first-time designer, and it's a co-design between him and uh, uh, another gentleman. Mm-hmm. And he said, I would love your uh, honest feedback. He says, I know I will get it. Um, he says, <laughs> yes. uh, if you don't think the game is good to stream, that's okay. I just want your feedback. And right, because like, we don't make any promises. Right. Um, you know, we'll talk about it, but only streams if it would be a good stream. Yep. Uh, let's see. Some other stuff. Uh, going Postal was a, a little small little uh, filler game right. that we picked up. Yeah, we had heard about that um, from T, actually, uh, who I guess had heard about it from Elaine and Efka as well. So it was kind of a telephone tag, and we saw it walking around and figured we'd pick it up. So I know nothing about the Same. game. Same, absolutely nothing. So they just said it was based good. on referral, so okay, yeah. we, we went and picked it up. Then we uh, we stopped by, and we had mentioned this, I think, on the uh, Day Zero pod blast about the uh, the Checkwood games, yes. uh, matey matey make games or something along the lines Maddie of Maddie makes Maddie makes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, he makes them himself. Um, they're burnt wood type pieces. The boxes to them themselves are just like a piece of art. Like they're incredible. Uh, he they does look use like machine. books when you're on a bookshelf. Yes, or whatever, he wants right. them to attach together and look like that, and they're clear in the front so you can see the pieces. Seemed interesting, um, abstract. The first one he showed, uh, he had had at Essen last year, and interesting enough, uh, one of those ones, you know, as everybody likes to describe, like easy to learn, hard to master, right. um, it was the description of it. Okay, that looks fine. But then the second one he showed had so many more layers and only had a demo of it because uh, we were running short on time at that point. But it looked really interesting. Even more so was the attention to detail that he had for just how he's packaging these up, the board that they're on being, what would you say, kind of sticky to the point where if you t- friction. slant it, yes, friction, if you slant the board 80 degrees, the, the pieces, pieces don't would... fall off. Right. And because he, he was thinking, you know, like, oh, it's abstract and here's these pieces and they have to go in these little spots, but I don't want them inset. So, and then he came up with this board that's like uses friction to hold them on. Really clever person. Just... Right. And so we, we, we picked up a couple of them yeah. and uh, going to show them off. And I did try them out, and, make and sure it'll uh, be. Honestly, there is, there is much art pieces as they are games. Truly. They're uh, uh, two player, three player games, yeah. and yeah, just just cool stuff, mm. and uh, yeah, just just really cool stuff. Uh, oh, we happened to stop by Emperor S Four booth yeah. today and saw the bad news that unfortunately um, they had been robbed. Yeah, uh, which happens it seems every year to uh. some amount of publishers. Yeah, it's just a yearly reminder that 
there are some really terrible people out there, number one. And number two, wear cash belts, wear money belts. For spiel, you for have spiel. to. That um, money has to be attached to you because yeah. you can't. There's no way in a four-day convention that is t- as grueling and tiring as Essen is for you to watch your cash drawer all the time. Right. You're going to walk away. Something's going to happen. And someone's going to be casing and it. And Somebody's be going to be watching. So, yeah. And it seems to be like Saturday and Sunday are the days they usually... Because they're the busiest. Happened. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, that these the cash belts are the way to go for this. It, but... Um, you know, they oh, just, they were so, so sad. It, it's awful. It is. Uh, definitely a bummer. So hopefully. Uh, hopefully there are other days of sales help make up for that, that loss. Because, yeah, it's terrible. Yep. Uh, around that time, we had a meeting with the folks at Cranio Creations mm-hmm. and picked up a copy of Barrage. Finally got a copy of Barrage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd had the prototype that we showed on the stream. That's true. As well as uh, Masters of Renaissance, the Lorenzo Il Magnifico mm-hmm. game, which folks of this show know I wasn't a big fan of Lorenzo, mm-hmm. but this, uh, from what Rado um, explained, this sounded pretty interesting to me, so we picked that up. And also we're showing a couple of prototypes for stuff that's coming from them uh, for next year that look pretty interesting, right. including one theme that I don't know how I feel about it, but I will say it's implemented in a pretty cool way. Yeah, it was not what I thought. It's super unique. And then as she's explaining it like, yeah, it, it started to ramp up. I, I really want to see how they handle it. I do too. And sorry to be vague, but we don't have permission to talk right. about it yet, but uh, we will as soon as we can. Um, oh, also, I was remiss in mentioning that uh, yesterday we uh, we were fortunate enough to get the Alibari heavy cardboard promos yes. delivered. And, uh, so cool. Very, very cool. So big, big thank you to Tony Boydell, the folks at yeah. Studio H as well. Who and uh, It is, looks incredible. It really does. Um, the heavy lifting to where it's... Uh, it requires uh, additional workers mm-hmm. in Alibari, and then one of your workers takes up two spaces. But it's a really cool action, mm-hmm. and thematically, it all just works. Yes. So the fact that it wasn't just kind of slapped together, no. No, 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 and it has Davis on it. Obviously, I'm I'm very uh, very smitten by that. So I'm yeah. very grateful. So thank you to everybody involved. With that, uh, the guys over at Two Tomatoes. Uh, dropped off a, a handful of prototypes that they had told us about the day before. And there is one prototype in particular that I am really excited about mm-hmm. that arguably is the heaviest game that we saw the entire spiel. It's not going to be, uh, it'll hopefully be ready by next spiel. But it originally was from Fordados, the yeah. Spanish publisher. But as things happen, things didn't work out. And ended up over at Two Tomatoes. Mm. And we saw it, and it looks great. And looking forward to checking out Mm -hmm. the prototype of that. We picked up more games. uh, Again, a couple of games from an Israeli company called Free Market, which is a, uh, it was on my uh, top 20 
to check out. I think it was, or if it wasn't, it was real close to it. Mm -hmm. uh, supposed to be an economic simulation game, but it has a lot of icons in it, so we'll see how that actually works out. Right. And while I was there, the uh, very um, loquacious uh, designer and <laughs> Uh, publisher, he uh, he suggested that I also pick up Hero Path, which is a uh, adventure game. Adventure kind of think Mage Knight. I'm not putting it into that class, but hopefully right. that just immediately gives a gives picture to you. Um, so we'll see. I'll be honest. I do not have high expectations, so hopefully I am pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. on both of those. After that, it was about time. Uh, literally, it's it's like fifteen minutes until the whole until S and ends. Yes, and we ended up at Martin Wallace Designs yep. and uh, hung out with Martin, just chewing the fat a bit. And he finally got to see the Golden Elephant Award for Brass Birmingham, and he was he was kind of taken aback because I think he thought that it was kind of a trinket as opposed to the. Uh, substantial award. I think his, his direct uh, quote was, I have a lot of rewards uh, that are uh, just collecting dust under my bed. And then he started and he's like, oh, this I'd would like not. To see this yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, he, he talked about a number of games that he has coming out that uh, are embargoed, uh, some of which are embargoed and uh, he can't speak about yet. But he's agreed to sit down in the new year for a long form interview. Yep, once those are announced and, right, and to, talk about them in more detail. Yeah, as well as just catch up. And you know, I guarantee you that during that interview, I'm gonna talk about, you know, the Age of Steam stuff and how that came about. Of course. Because if there's anybody in this world that I trust to tell it to me straight, it's gonna be Martin Wallace. Yep. So looking forward to that. So about then, uh, we were about to head out and I realized and I am so grateful that uh, serendipity happened. Uh, we were walking, getting ready to leave Hall 5 when we stumbled upon the uh, City Lowe's booth, yes. which uh, the creator of A, A Pleasant, Pleasant Journey, Journey Neko, Neko last right. year, and he had a board game cafe frenzy. And you, the look Sold in your face, out. you were like... Oh, I was supposed to come back and grab that. I and, feel terrible. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, man, I just, my bad. And he wasn't at the booth. So yeah. I'm talking to one of the booth helpers. And right about that time, City comes up with a big smile on his face. Like, hello, Edward. I'm like, hey, I am so sorry. that He's like, no, 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 it's fine. Come here. Um, and he, re he goes into his backpack. And it's literally the only copy yep. of Board Game Cafe Frenzy that he had Saved left. for you. Yeah, but, and he did save for uh, for us to, and uh, gave us uh, the Kickstarter um, expansions, yes. this and that. But All he said, that. if I were you, I would just stream the base game. So okay. I was like, okay, cool. That sounds good. So I'm I've, so glad we remembered. And really, it just... We had spoken to him twice before. Yes. We'd seen it in the press room. We'd gone by. And then that, I mean, I think it just got a checkbox in our head of, oh, we've we've done that. That's done. So I'm so glad that happened last minute. Oh, right. Dude, need yeah, to go yeah, grab I, that. I was like, oh, just, I mean, there's just an overwhelming amount of information so and much. booths to visit that yeah. um, to see it all. It literally took all but the last 10 minutes of spiel.
to be able to do so. Yep. And then at that point in celebration, we went and got some uh, chocolate dipped ice cream cones in, yes. at the end of uh, Hall 5, which yep. was a welcome treat. And uh, something I didn't mention is while we were at the booth, uh, seeing a bunch of patrons and, and fans of the show and everything. Paco Yanez uh, came back by mm-hmm. and dropped off some Serrano ham that he had picked up for us. Oh, oh okay, for me. For because, you. yeah, right. And uh, he was about to leave for a, a meeting that he had for mm-hmm. one of his designs. And he said he had a design in works that he thought Capstone Games, yeah. uh, it might fit with. And he asked me if I would introduce him to Clay. Yeah. I said, absolutely. And where we were at Borden Dice was, what, a, a 15 second walk oh, yeah, over to Clay's over. booth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I took him over there and ran into Oda again, Andreas mm-hmm. Odenal, and Rolf Segel yeah. of Wildcatters, and all of this. And that was, that was great. I, I love being able to watch these guys just kind of chew the fat between themselves. And then uh, while we were there, uh, Rolf mentioned to me, he's like, man, I played this game last night and this was fantastic. And he kept saying, zoo crazy, zoo crazy. And I was like, what? And And then he showed me a picture. I'm like, oh, Zoocracy. zooocracy. He says, no, zoo crazy. And I said, look, I'm American. I speak English. You're Dutch. It's zooocracy. And he laughed because he and I are really good friends. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. just busted. So I kind of like it as zoo crazy now. Maybe. Uh, zoo crazy. <laughs> and uh, he said they had such a good time with that game. And I was and like, you're, oh, you've that been excited me, about this. Yeah. I am glad to hear this because you've been excited. So as he's explaining it. Yeah. Paco, so we're kind of standing right, right next to one another. Paco's like, oh, what's that game? And he sees it. And so he's like, can I take a picture of it? So you have Paco, Yana, uh, <laughs> is taking a picture of, of Rolf's phone, and I'm taking a picture of both of them while, because it was just one of those That's cool hilarious. moments. It was pretty good. So I introduced him to Clay. And it maybe something comes of that, maybe it doesn't. Those are the best moments, though. Right. That's awesome. Um, on that note, yeah. uh, wa- yesterday, uh, when Rolf was showing me Coffee Traders, mm-hmm. uh, the prototype of it, he was talking about uh, the original theme of the game was actually about a little kind of black uh, mark part of history of the Dutch oh. uh, history back around the turn of the 20th century. Really? Um, and into World War One, that apparently uh, Amsterdam was the biggest hub for the cocaine trade oh. in the world, um, that a lot of the allies would uh, then import it and move it to and give it to the uh, the troops on the front lines because you're not eating enough terrible uh uh, conditions uh, in the trenches and the whole nine yards, and so they Stay were awake, giving them yeah safety yeah thing. yeah they were giving them cocaine and Amsterdam was wow. actually or if it's not Amsterdam it may have been um, shoot I'm trying to think of what other city had mentioned but he says it's something that's almost never talked about and uh-huh. it's it's something that the Dutch kind of want to forget right. that existed that they you know they 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 were 
heavily involved in that aspect of that. And that was the original mm. theme of Coffee Traders. And I told him, I said, man. See, now I'm really curious. I want to look that up because Amsterdam, of course, natural drugs are legal. Right. But n cocaine is very much well, not. Well, okay, true. Right. It's not. Um, and, and, so and they're very much like anti. Like I've seen even the drug cafes be like, get out of here, like pick your drug, no cocaine. Right. So if that is a historical basis, it, which it legit is, that's interesting. Yeah. I found that really interesting. And I was like, man, I wish you would have kept the theme as wow. that. And I said, but then again, I realized that you probably want to sell copies, which that, it, that has, I'm torn. I love coffee, but that history is really interesting. Oh, totally. But I understand why they changed it because that's not going to, no, coffee you is can't market mass. that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I ended up going with coffee traders and, and I was plus, just, how would you put cats in that? Right. Seriously. You know, the cats that eat Wild the fruit cats. and yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So after that, um, we headed back to the board and dice booth. Mm. We got all the remaining, uh, merch that didn't sell. We said, bye um, well, we were finishing up our time at the board and dice booth cause you'd moved over. So while you were doing that, Oh yes. yes. I was actually, um, uh, cardboard kid had come by again because I had promised to play a game with her. Um, I feel bad, though, because I think I disappointed her a little bit in that um, she wanted me to teach her Trickerian and play it in yeah, the hour and a half that we had. And I was like, I can teach it, but we're going to make like two moves and be done. Like, we do not have time for this. So she was she was a tad disappointed that I wasn't going to teach her Trickerian and play it um, in 90 minutes. But um, we decided to play uh, Mayabi. Um, and just see how that was. And Matt Morgan actually was able to give me a brief overview so I could teach it to her quick and we Which could play. He's the one who runs uh, the Pax. board game, the board game thing, all board game stuff at all the PAXs. Um, well, no, just tabletop at PAX and then PAX Unplugged, right? I okay, yeah, fair ones. point. Um, so, right, so he gave me a brief overview uh, and we sat down and played that. But before that, I had to go over to the Capstone booth to pick up that game for us to play. I was able to introduce her to uh, actually Oda, who was over there. Um, and he got to tell her all about Cooper and him designing the game about his dog. Uh, so that was awesome. And then I had really wanted to introduce her to Ian, who happened to be hanging out over there. So uh, I think they both, I don't know who enjoyed the introduction more, Ian O'Toole or um, Anna, the cardboard kid, uh, or Anna's mom, who also was like, oh, Ian O'Toole. <laughs> like, so uh. that was actually just awesome to see. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that was fun as well. Got to play that game, hanging out over at the board and dice booth. But then, yes, after that, we needed to pack up. Yep, and so we said our goodbyes to everybody, hoping to catch dinner with all of them. Didn't work out because we ended up going uh, from there. After we picked up all the merch and everything, we headed over to the Capstone Games booth and then had to do box everything up, which we'd been doing a pretty good job. That of, wasn't so bad, true. Right, mm. uh, until... Uh, we we talked to Clay, and there was a uh, discussion about whether or not the pallet was going to be airshipped or not. And, uh, you know, literally the slow boat from Europe mm. or airshipping. 
and there's a considerable price difference between yeah. them. And so we what we decided on was, you know what, air shipping's prohibitively expensive. So yeah, let's do the the boat, um, and it may take up to a month for the games to arrive. Yes. So we made the tough decision to open up all the boxes again, and then try and figure out what we wanted to cover, whether it's for the podcast or the YouTube channel, for the next month in case the games don't arrive. Now, this is a process, I have to say, that you usually take an exceptional amount of time deciding upon as far as the schedule. It takes a lot of time for you to plan the next month or two out. So we had to do this quickly. Right, and probably ended up grabbing more games than... uh, are reasonably going to be streamed, obviously, eventually, or covered, I should say. Yeah, they'll be covered eventually, but right. in this, in the month time period right. until the rest of the games arrive. So we, we we took all of the merch and then filled in spaces within the boxes. Had to, because the only suitcase we had for this was filled with merch. So now we're pulling out games, filling it with merch, and uh, playing Tetris again. Fixing up the boxes, trying to make sure they're tight as possible. Again, saving money. But we have, what, 12 boxes? Yeah, 12 cases of games uh, cases shipping games. back plus an entire suitcase full for right. the stuff that's going to be uh, covered in the next week to, I'm sorry, month to five weeks. So, yeah, so we spent the a couple hours uh, loading up the pallet, doing all of that, helping right. Clay with all of his stuff as well, tearing yes. down the booth. And doing all those things. And then after that, um, we, you know, periodically you would see people just walking on by that you'd know, say goodbyes. Mm. And then from there, uh, we headed back to the hotel and then went back out for dinner because where we were going to go, uh, unfortunately, it was closed already because it's Sunday night. We ended up at Hans and Gluck, which not just a board game. Uh, company. Also a restaurant in Essen. Also a restaurant, a burger joint in Essen. And Which really is kind good of food. apropos, right? Like we have Hans and Gluck as the restaurant that we go to. Also next door to Plan B. Right. So a lot of board game influence, <laughs> which kind of makes sense here in Essen, right? Sure. And then after dinner, uh, which I should point out, from the hotel, we actually uh, jumped on some scooters and headed over uh, from the original restaurant we were going to go to that the kitchen was closed. We jumped on some scooters. That was fun. It, it was. Play you and I on scooters. You guys hitting things and breaking. No. Right. No. <laughs> Going through us. And, yes. and it, it is it is frigid outside. And we were not dressed for um, traveling at, you know, 20 kilometers an hour no. on scooters. But ended up going from there to Hansam Gluck. And then from there, we uh, said goodbye to Clay for a few weeks. And uh, he was taking off to a Fierlandspiele soiree. And you and I uh, jumped on a couple of scooters again Mm -hmm. and headed up the the deserted road to the hotel. And here we are. To record this and say, Avita Zane. Yeah, say goodbye to Essen, which I am already missing a little bit. My back and my feet are not, however. (laughs) And we're going to pack up. Uh, a little bit here. We have some uh, loose ends that tie up as far as packing. And it's now one oh one in the morning. The taxi picks us up in just over two hours. 
And from there, we fly back uh, to Boston. So that's it. That's a wrap on Essen 2019. It is. I, I, there's a lot of exciting stuff that is coming mm-hmm. that uh, I think a lot of these uh, meetings that we had will bear fruit in the near future. And looking forward to onward and upward with the show. Right. Really excited about it. Yes. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Same. Just want to take a little nap before we have to go. So that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Being patient with my voice. I know it's probably been a rough listen to here. but uh, And to everybody that came by and uh, said kind things over the yes. course of the last five, six days. So great seeing It's people. been a wonderful trip. I'm exhausted, but it was totally worth it. So take care, everybody, and we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. Le- Avita Zen.